feedback is the number one tool for improvement. We know from statistics left and right that we need to get better at giving feedback. People want effective feedback. People thrive on recognition. And no, that doesn't just include the good job and well done, but the very specific recognition and praise that we can share. All that is clear, yet so many people I talk to tell me that they think that they have room to grow when it comes to giving critical feedback as well as positive recognition. Now, there's a very tactical response to giving feedback as a conversation, but let's take a step back. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how to actually create a feedback culture where feedback is intentionally built into the habits and routines of the employees. For this conversation, I invited Harrison Kim, who's the CEO and founder of PaveStep, an employee feedback and performance management solution. Harrison founded PaveStep to help organizations develop their people faster and retain them longer, which is something that I know a lot of people are thinking about these days. And as you'll hear in this conversation, he's obsessed with feedback, performance, and culture. He's a former McKinsey consultant and a former private equity investor specializing in the human capital management sector. I'm excited to bring him onto the show and hear his insights from working day in and day out with companies who are looking to uplevel their performance management systems. Without further ado, let's dive in and chat with Harrison. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Today, I have Harrison Kim with me. Harrison, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? Can't complain. That's, I guess, good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said in the introduction, Harrison, you are the CEO of PaveStep and founder of the company. It's interesting that someone in this time, right, starts off and saying, like, I'm going to jump ship from my corporate job, and I'm going to start a performance management company. Because there are a lot of companies out there that are trying to address the performance management sort of challenge in the workplace. Mm -hmm. I'd be really curious as we start this conversation, and before we dive into best practices around performance management for leaders in organizations, I'd love to know what is it that inspired you to jump on this endeavor, this ship of entrepreneurship? Yeah, absolutely. So I started my career as a consultant at McKinsey and McKinsey had this great culture of ongoing feedback and it was a critical part of the firm's performance management process. I'll be sharing with my colleagues on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, like really helpful, positive and negative feedback. It was amazing, right? I could literally see myself and others change behaviors and accelerate growth. And this is really the original inspiration point for Paves that personally, then mm -hmm. After McKinsey, I joined a private equity firm called Odyssey Investment Partners here in New York. And one of my focus areas was actually the human capital management market. 
really anything that touched the employee lifecycle, right? Mm -hmm. Payrolling, performance management, staffing, whatever it may be. And I worked really closely with different management teams of all types of companies. And one thing that kept coming up in these conversations uh, was the importance and the challenge of people. So mm -hmm. organizations had a really hard time understanding who their top performers were and how to retain them, right? I mean, performance management and its performance data, right, are, in my opinion, the most critical part of employee decisions like compensation, progression, internal mobility, succession planning, even L&D to a certain extent. Yet this process was run by, you know, outdated or basic productivity tools that just weren't sufficient to help organizations really develop and retain their top people. Like I knew some organizations that had a thousand people or 10,000 people, but were still running their performance management process on Excel, right? So as you can right. imagine, that's a ridiculous amount of work. So yeah. this was really kind of these two experiences were really what inspired me to start PaveStep, to create a solution that not only streamlines the painful kind of the pen and paper process, but also one that actually develops and retains their people more effectively. That is so interesting. Can you tell me more about the actual experience around feedback at the culture that you experienced at McKinsey and what the benefit was? The reason why I'm asking this is that while we all understand feedback is important, there's still so much hesitation around giving feedback upwards, right? Uh, sideways mm -hmm. and to the direct reports. And sometimes I think we justify with saying, well, you know, it's not going to matter that much, or who am I to say this, or I don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. So we don't say something that we may notice and observe as getting in the way of their uh, ability to perform well. What was it that made it so different at McKinsey? I think, first of all, they made it very clear that it was a priority. So like, for example, when you get staffed onto a project, one of the first things your project manager will ask you or your engagement manager will ask you is, how do you like your feedback and when do you want it? <laughs> right. So it was good. literally a part of the mm -hmm. uh, organization's like workflow process almost. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most of my managers are great and they did that with me and we would literally set up, you know, 15 minute conversations on a weekly or biweekly basis. We would talk about, you know, what I, they need to be watching out for, what I need to be watching out for. Um, so that kind of role modeling and, and part of kind of the organizational workflow, they were just there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they really walked the talk. Like when I was managing a team at McKinsey, one of the first thing I asked them was, hey, here are the three things that I'm trying to really work on and get better at. Can you give me some feedback, right? And if when the managers are walking the talk like that, right, it's, it's not just, you know, this this value or whatever that people are looking at on the wall thinking oh yeah feedback is important development is important no no it's you're literally walking the talk by opening up the communication on both ends both upwards and downwards that's so interesting it's great to hear how companies can make this a priority where it's not only oh we don't know how to or we don't do it but it's we're giving the mandate this mm -hmm. is a priority you have to give feedback in all directions. This is what we're expecting. Yeah. Um, and one of the things yeah. that they also pushed was this concept around obligation to dissent, right? Which mm. was, hey, effectively, it doesn't really matter what position you are, whether you're an intern, you're an analyst, manager, partner, it really didn't matter. If you see something that you think could be improved or is incorrect or whatever it may be, speak up, right? And, and you yeah. were really encouraged to speak up. And that was one of the things that I got feedback on early on, which was 
I love doing that, right? And the senior folks and the teams would really, really encourage that. Be like, hey, your obligation to dissent is awesome, right? And it's, I know that kind of sounds funny, but it was one of those things that uh, really shaped that culture, I think, in, mm. in that firm. Yeah, because once you put that out as a principle in the mm -hmm. way the company is run or as a value, then it creates a safe space for people to yeah. not feel like they might be reprimanded because they're actually you know, in alignment with the company value. This brings me to another point. In PaveStep, recently published a study that showed that most managers aren't skilled in performance management and aren't held accountable. Can you tell us a little bit more about your findings, but also the consequences of what happens in organizations if that's missing? Yeah, absolutely. So I think performance management is a thing that a lot of managers, in fact, probably all managers do in certain extent, right? It's mm -hmm. giving feedback, it's holding their teams accountable, providing prioritization and delegating, whatever it may be. You know, they've done it to a certain degree, right? Whether it's 10% you know, or 100%. But when you look at kind of some of the statistics, there's a lot of interesting things out there where you, you know you think about only about 50% of employees report that they strongly indicate that they know what's expected of them at work, right? As a manager, that's a lot of value and productivity, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, of course, if you don't have a clear performance management process in place, there's a lot of room to be misaligned with your teams, right? Without clear performance management expectations in place, things are bound to go wrong and you're bound to just waste a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Second, you've got disengaged employees, especially high performers. I mean, high performers love and crave feedback and transparency. Um, and if you don't have that kind of culture or workflow or process in place, you know, it can really lead to turnover issues, right? And when you think about high performers and their turnover costs, it's extremely, extremely expensive. And the third thing, um, which is kind of legal issues. And this is kind of an interesting one. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I call this the dark side of performance management. Um, but it, what it is, is, you know, from time to time, not only does performance management, you know, help underperforming employees with feedback and support to do better, it really does act as a source of documentation to protect the organization, right, from potential employment-related lawsuits. You need to make sure that you have a clear process in place uh, to try to optimize these three things that I just mentioned. You know, it's interesting because uh, that last aspect, I think it's a bit of the dark side, like you said, and it's a thing that we don't often talk about yet can turn into really painful situations. Yeah. And absolutely. I hear this from HR folks a lot more. HR says, oh my gosh, you can't believe what happened. Someone just fired someone without any like performance management. And now I have to <laughs> figure out what to do about it. And I'm worried about having a lawsuit on my desk. As a caring and driven manager, I know you want to strengthen your leadership skills, advance your career, and lead a high-performing, engaged team. And in order to do that, as a leader, you need to lead with a system, not by shooting from your hips or reacting to everyone else around you. To do so, you need to first learn what should go into a leadership system, and second, develop your own. Now, the good news is that I teach you one must-have part in your leadership system in a concise, actionable, and yet comprehensive course focused on running successful one-on-one -on -one meetings with your direct reports. It includes over 67 minutes of tactical leadership training, 
plus a set of resources to make this as easy and immediately applicable for you as possible. You can either watch the video lessons or listen to it through a private podcast feed on your phone. You can get your hands on this course, which I want every single manager to have, for a nominal $19 at RamonaShaw.com slash one one. That's two times the number one. You can check the show notes for the details or head on over to RamonaShaw.com slash one one to get started right now. And I think there's this question that I like to ask people on the podcast or generally people who have experience in leadership and look back at their first day or the first year in their first leadership role. What is it that you wish you knew? I'm going to ask you that in a moment. But one of the things that I think every manager should know about and learn about are the legal responsibilities. And performance management is one of those, right? So tracking feedback conversations, documenting certain things just to protect yourself and the company. If you have someone on, on the team who is having a hard time and you're noticing, oh, this could down the road lead into a disconnect or a disagreement. But in addition, of course, to many other things around what it means to lead, but when we really boil it down to something very tactical, that one is definitely on my list. But from mm-hmm. your perspective, so at that, asking that question back, what is it that you wished new managers specifically would know about performance management early on? Yeah, so I think there are uh, two things. So the first one is about recognition for employees. I think you know, saying great job and giving high fives, right? There is definitely a place and time for those high fives and thank yous. But oftentimes this is not sufficient. It's not feedback. It just simply isn't, right? When you think about providing feedback, you know, a lot of managers will be like, oh yeah, I do that all the time. I tell them they did a great job, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Feedback really should include like specific behaviors and details around what went well and why the recipient of the feedbacks, that person's actions led to some kind of success or achievement. I mean, sometimes it's not even about the success or the achievement, actually, as they could have done Mm -hmm. all the right things but maybe not gotten the expected results because of something totally external, right? In my books, that's, I would still give that person, you know, positive feedback, if you will, right? Yeah. Um, and when you're giving feedback to people, like, please, please, you know, if you're a manager, be more intentional about it and prepare for it. You thinking on the fly and saying great jobs and giving those high fives, maybe motivational in the, in that split second, but it's just not going to be impactful. So that's number one is, you know, drawing a clear line between, hey, here's like development or performance feedback that I want to give you, again, whether it's positive or more corrective in nature versus just saying thank yous, right? Again, there's a time and place for that. Just being intentional about those two things, I think is going to be important for managers. And the second thing about managers, I think is around kind of the framework of OKRs. You know, in performance management, you often hear the concept of OKRs, which stands for objectives and key results. Um, And it's a common framework for those thinking about goal setting, cascading, and managing their employees' uh, goals. And I think certain startups think about this as this silver bullet to managing alignment and accountability for their teams. But I really absolutely do not think it's a silver bullet answer to uh, alignment and uh, accountability. And the reason is because, and, and there's actually a few companies that have come out and talked about this as well pretty publicly, but when you're an organization that is extremely, extremely agile, 
right? And your strategy is changing, you're growing really fast. Sometimes, you know, creating this massive OKR structure from top to bottom to all of your employees individually just may not work, right? Because you're spending all this time trying to, you know, go back and forth with each employee, which department, the finance team and the management to figure out this massive OKR tree structure. And then a month later, you're, you know, strategy changes because you have to pivot or something else happened in the market, right? Um, so oftentimes, you know, we'll see these startups uh, in these situations where they're so stuck to this OKR framework, uh, but end up spending a lot of time that's actually just wasted at the end of the year. So it's something to just be thinking about if you are implementing something like this, uh, where you want to create some flexibility or stay at the higher level at the team or department mm -hmm. level, um, so that it's a little bit more of a manageable process. Speaking of the OKRs and the goals and then and feedback, what are your suggestions to tie these two together? Because I think sometimes there is, and speaking specifically to the topic of accountability, mm -hmm. there we are setting the goals, we're in alignment, this is what we're going to work for, but then the next step would be sort of like managing performance around those goals. And oftentimes the accountability part is missing. What yeah. is it that you see with the companies that you work yeah, with I think, or generally as a problem? Yeah, I think um, this is an interesting question because I think it's actually easy to put these two kind of the OKR goal stuff and the feedback stuff in two separate camps and think about it from that perspective. So what I mean by this is the way we define performance, um, in my opinion, in any kind of role, there are two ways. One is your goals, right? Your objectives mm -hmm. or your metrics, KPIs, OKRs, whatever it may be, right? Typically something quantifiable. Um, so you can think mm -hmm. about like dollars of sales per quarter or retention rate in the last 12 months, whatever it may be, right? Um, and oftentimes people think that's kind of the be all, the end all when it comes to performance management, but that's just one part of it. The other way you can define performance is really through your expected behaviors and the skills or competencies that you want these individuals to have in their particular roles. And feedback becomes a big part of that data, right? So depending on the role and the department and the organization strategy, uh, one will matter more than the other, but both will matter in most cases. So to give you a more tactical example, if you're a salesperson, typically speaking, salespeople's performance are much more focused on the first definition of performance around KPIs or OKRs, but they still also have the latter incorporated in, into their performance assessment, where certain other organizations like call it consultants, right? Oftentimes at the junior level, you're not going to have much in terms of KPIs or OKRs or any kind of goals or metrics, right? That are mm -hmm. quantifiable. It's much more about your competencies and how you're growing as a leader and as a consultant within the organization, mm -hmm. right? So I think this is kind of something to be thinking about as a manager or even uh, an HR or people ops, you know, professional when you're communicating performance to just define that clearly within the organization and even just talk about this particular definition of like, hey, there are two things here. One is mm -hmm. around the metric stuff and the other one is around the feedback and the values and the competencies, right? I think just getting that and getting everyone on the same page on those concepts is really, really powerful in terms of getting everyone on the same page of like, oh, this is how we should be thinking about performance and how I should be assessing my direct reports. That was a long answer, but hopefully that makes well, sense. I love that. And I think it's such a it's such a useful way to look at the performance and to make sure that we're checking the box on both sides. Because mm -hmm. I agree with you. It's really, you know, in some professions or roles, one is more important than the other. 
Um, but it's important to recognize what am I actually focusing on and why am I giving this feedback? And in yeah. which way is the behavior even tied to the KPI? Yeah. Where I could say, if you change this behavior, it will help you achieve that goal easier because Absolutely. XYZ, right? So for those who are not deciding on what kind of performance review system they should have in place or the overall performance review process of the organization, but they are managing a team, what specific actionable tips do you have for them? Would you like to share? And I know, and I just want to recap quickly, what you already shared is the thing about separating behaviors and competencies from the, the goals or the KPIs that are measurable. You also earlier shared about being specific and precise and intentional with the feedback, especially the recognition that we're giving versus just saying, great job. What else yeah. would you add to the list? As like here, a low hanging fruit that would make every manager better at giving feedback. Yeah. I don't know if this is a low hanging fruit, <laughs> but <laughs> it's relatively ahead. easy to execute, okay. um, but it takes time. So mm-hmm. I think one of the most important things, and I'll talk about feedback first, and this is probably the most important thing in my mind, which is you need to work to create a common language, uh, a quote unquote common language uh, about performance management and feedback within your team and ideally within your organization, but let's just stick with the team. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by this is, um, look, hopefully you and the audience understand what I'm saying right now, because I'm speaking English and in English, there are explicit rules and structures on what words mean, how sentences are structured, uh, what body language and tone convey, etc. right? Mm-hmm. This is helpful in maximizing clarity, of course, and avoiding miscommunication. In my opinion, it's the exact same thing with your performance management process. And in particular feedback, you have to set clear expectations and quote unquote rules or or structures to avoid miscommunication, right? As I mentioned that, um, you know, story related to McKinsey, right? Like ask your team members, Hey, how do you like your feedback? How do you like to receive it? How often, when, what should I be looking for in terms of skills or behaviors? right? Like start creating that language with your team members so that you have the best chance at minimizing miscommunication, right? Because, you know, feedback is not easy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, For a number of reasons, we don't share feedback with our colleagues as often as we would like to. So when you start talking about, okay, how do we actually set a clear structure in place so that we can start practicing almost, right? Feedback with each other and get it into a behavior that we continue to do and into a habit and part of our culture, like that foundation is going to be really, really critical. Yeah. I often talk about the leadership system and feedback is part of the leadership system. And it's interesting as you speak exactly to this. I think feedback cannot be sort of a in the moment, unprepared word of, you know, comment of something that we like or don't like. Instead, it has to be very intentionally created into a structure or a framework or a routine for us to prepare and think about feedback, but also for us to share it with others. Uh, And what I'm hearing from you is, yeah, in any project group or team, talk about how you want to give feedback or receive feedback and what can you put in place in order to ensure that that information, that dialogue actually takes place. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, a a good example of this is typically in the tech community, right? Where oftentimes it's a little bit of a different uh, process, but you know, you have retrospectives, right? Where you do, you know, you work on a whole bunch of features and you actually find the time to talk through like what went well, what didn't go super well. That's kind of a form of creating that foundation and process, right? Um, So I would think about it kind of in a similar fashion. 
Mm-hmm. So you create a pave step to address the problem or performance management, mm-hmm. the lack of it or the lack of accountability or follow through within some of the tools that companies use. How specifically is PaveStep different to other comparable products in the market? And what problems is it solving as a result of that? Yeah, absolutely. There's a few things in my mind. So the first one is around our focus on not just quantity of feedback, but also quality of feedback. So oftentimes when you think about performance management and how it's evolved over time, in the very beginning, it was all about like, hey, we got to stop doing annual reviews only. We've got to like complement it with, you know, continuous mm-hmm. feedback, continuous goal setting and all that. That concept of continuous, which to me is more of in the, in the camp of like quantity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the quality of it, in my opinion, is just as important, if not more important than the quantity. So tactically speaking, uh, frankly, it doesn't mean much if you tell me every single day that I'm doing a good job. Uh, what I want to know is I want to know exactly how I'm doing a good job and how I can replicate those behaviors over time and improve on them, right? That quality aspect is really important. And we really maximize that through our education, through our application with language, natural processing, expert tips and advice. So that's one big component that we focus on that many others don't. And mm-hmm. the second aspect of it is really around the change management side. One of the worst things that can happen is an organization, their management teams and managers and HR and people ops teams investing all these time, resources and money into implementing a solution. And six months later, nobody uses it because mm-hmm. just because the software is, you know, is present doesn't mean people are going to use it, right? Just lack of totally. adoption. And this happens all the time. We think it really requires that change management support and we provide that right through live workshops with our other employees on how to share feedback in a most effective way how to set up the right processes in place so they can hold people accountable and create these behaviors into habits, as well as even just communication content. So we support our clients in a, in a big way when it comes to change management so that they can maximize their adoption and actually see impact. And it sounds like really with the ultimate intention to create a culture where there's the skill and the mandate to give feedback across the organization. And as you said earlier, sort of speak up when we see something that could be improved or could be changed. Yeah, I think that's the ideal state, right? Yeah. I mean, I think every you know executive's dream when it comes to their people is, hey, we've got psychological safety. We've got the process in place where people can voice their opinions and provide their feedback, regardless of your tenure, your role, you know, your position, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's ultimately and ideally what we want to enable for sure. Sweet. I love that. And I think there's a lot to say about integrated platforms that include a lot of different aspects and also the performance management aspect. But I think feedback is the number one tool for improvement. And oftentimes it comes short on the list of priorities. The way in any organization where I see this is a way where feedback is encouraged on all ends and all sides, and it isn't capped because of hierarchical structures or lack of safety on a team, or lack of having that mandate in place to give feedback and share feedback freely. In those organizations, feedback is just not a priority. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm so keen on feedback. And I think and very much agree with you about having it 
built into a process and having frameworks in place so that you not only have the competence to give feedback and, you know, how to be specific, both in constructive feedback, as well as positive feedback to really highlight behaviors that you want to see more or see less of, that you understand how they tie into the KPIs or even into their personal, like the employee's personal career goals. Yep. Uh, and being intentional of how you communicate feedback because <laughs> the way you say one thing could land very differently. Yep. Um, even though you communicate the same thing, but the word choices really matter here. But there's also that ongoing process in place where you don't have to wait for, you know, seeing something and then that's the only time that you talk about it or the annual performance review is the only time that you talk about it. But instead you have built this into your leadership system where anytime people meet for the first time or start working together, you address these questions that you mentioned earlier. You have these touch points, such as the retrospectives on a, on a project management level, very similar also for feedback. Yep, absolutely. Great, great insights. And things that managers literally hearing this could go out and reflect on how well are we doing on this and what could I do in order to get better? It's almost institutionalizing it, right? Making this a recurring habit and get better at my ability to give feedback and also encourage feedback from the people on my team. Is there anything else around performance management or what you've uncovered in the recent study that you published that I did not ask you about, but you think the audience should know about? I think one tip as you are, as a manager, kind of going into this journey and implementing some of the things that we just talked about, go meta. (laughs) What I mean by this is, when you give somebody some feedback, just be like, hey, can you give me some feedback on how I gave you some feedback? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, feedback yeah. is literally a skill and a competency, right? Like you want to work on it. And a good way to open up that dialogue is like, hey, like I'm going to give you some feedback. This is something that I'm trying to get better at. After we have this conversation, can you reflect on this and give me some tactical advice and you know feedback on that, right? So that yeah. we can continue to improve. I think that's like a little funny thing that, you can definitely do, and it can be very impactful. Yeah, I I do this with my groups in a leadership accelerator program. They have to reflect back of like, what were the words that triggered you? What made Mm -hmm. you feel uncomfortable, right? When did you notice I'm starting to get defensive? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And it's we're sharing this with the best intentions every time we give feedback, right? But it's the small things that can turn around the conversation into a spiral or downward spiral that we didn't intend to, to to get to. Yeah, yeah, this is this is really good. I love this question. I'm giving people the heads up of saying, I'm going to give you feedback and then I'm going to ask you to give me feedback on my feedback. <laughs> it's yep, demonstrating exactly. vulnerability. And also that idea of we're walking the talk. We want to have an open feedback culture and that level of transparency. Thank you for sharing that, Harrison. Okay, let's talk about PaveStep. Where can people learn more about you? So this is totally your sales plug here. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, you can find us at pavestep.com or reach out directly at harrison at pavestep.com. That's P-A-V-E-S-T-E-P. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. We will link to all these places in the show notes. Um, I do encourage you to check out Harrison on LinkedIn. He always publishes good content around performance management and so forth. And I've learned a number of things through our conversations, this one included here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Harrison, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. 
This includes my best-selling book, The Confident Incompetent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.